break, break, break. This is Iron Mike Stedman, the people's champ and host of the legendary Confessions of a Native Son, where we engage in thought-provoking dialogue about race, culture, and business. Whether you're aware or not, last October, I launched another podcast called The Transition, where I demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses. I have the privilege of hosting this podcast for an organization called Bunker Labs, which is a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military connect community start their own business. Here I am with this background in history and American studies, yet I found myself cultivating entrepreneurship with veterans and military spouses through Bunker Labs and urban communities through Ironbound Boxing and our Thrive Initiative, which leads to my confession. And my confession is that I've become just as passionate about entrepreneurship as I am about boxing. And for those of you who know me personally, you know how much I love boxing. And if you don't know, you will soon because I'm recording an episode entitled To Boxing With Love in order to bring you all up to speed. You see, I've been on a journey over the last five years to fund free amateur boxing programs for inner city youth and young adults. All the trials and tribulations I've gone through fighting tooth and nail for Ironbound Boxing has given me an appreciation for the journey and experience of being an entrepreneur. When I left the military in 2015, my goal was to be a full-time amateur boxing coach, and now my aspirations have shifted. Not only do I want to continue coaching boxing, I also want to coach entrepreneurs and use my knowledge and expertise to continue lifting as I climb. And Bunker Labs has given me that opportunity and a platform for which I am eternally grateful. Up until this year, I suffered immensely from imposter syndrome, constantly wondering if I had what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. I don't have an MBA. I didn't grow up learning business. I'm just someone who reads a lot, listens to podcasts and audiobooks, and isn't afraid to constantly put myself in the hot seat. And as I look back on all the people I've met and the lessons I've learned over the last five years, I've realized that I've had what it takes all along, and the self-doubts were nothing but parking brakes dumbing down my greatness. I also found out we all have these parking brakes holding us back. And that's why I'm excited about the transition, because this is a show built on truly demystifying the entrepreneur experience. When you first start a business and you see what it appears to be a successful entrepreneur, you assume they're killing it. When in reality, they're making it up as they go, barely paying themselves and fighting mental demons just like everyone else. And the transition is where entrepreneurs aren't afraid to get vulnerable and tell it like it is with the intent of empowering other veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. And even if you're not a veteran, I believe you can still get some value from the show. So if you're a listener and an aspiring or first-time business owner, I encourage you to subscribe to the transitional iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. Give it a try. And to give you a sample of what you can expect, I've decided to release episode one on this show, which was released on October 1st, 2020. For the inaugural episode, I interviewed Michelle Lloyd, co-founder and chief product officer for the iconic Dope Coffee, one of the sponsors for Confessions of a Native Son. So without further ado, I proudly present to you The Transition. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Transition. Today, we're interviewing Michelle Lloyd, a military spouse and co-founder of Dope Coffee Company. What's going on, Michelle? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience? All right. Um, well, I'm Michelle Lloyd. I am one of the co-founders and chief product officer for Dope Coffee Company. 
I'm a serial entrepreneur with a background in clinical dietetics and nutrition. Serial entrepreneur. I love it. All right. Let, let yeah. us know. what the, How many brands <laughs> have you worked on? How many companies have you started? Oh, brands, a couple, um, two of which have seen, seen the light. So I've had Solar Cafe and currently Dope Coffee. And she used to help me with my old blog, uh, Fighting Mojo, as a contributor. So she's uh, yes. got... She's, she's, she's very talented to say the least. Now, Michelle and I go back because uh, her husband and I served together in the Marine Corps. Um, we were stationed down in uh, Quantico. We we're going through the basic school and then um, yeah. just kind of stayed in touch over the years. And so I have the privilege of uh, working with them as a member of the Dope Coffee team. I do another podcast called Confessions of a Native Son, but uh, super happy to have Michelle here and to share her story and give some insight uh, to all of you out there who are interested in uh, launch your own venture or who've already launched your own venture and are looking for some uh, support and, and some words of wisdom and encouragement. So super happy to be able to deliver upon that. So Michelle, how about you do us a favor and take off your armor for us? You say you're a serial entrepreneur. You've got an amazing brand right now leading a dope coffee, but for people out there listening that don't know what it's like to be a small business owner, what's something you're struggling with right now? I'm struggling with being exposed as an entrepreneur being an entrepreneur exposes you. It, it exposes everything that you are as, as a person that you want to be. Um, it also helps you find your voice though. So in addition to being exposed and learning how to work through the trials that you're going on, like working through in your own life, you also find that you find your voice in entrepreneurship because you're able to strengthen your values and strengthen how you want to be seen in the world. So when you mean exposed, you mean a sense of, you know, as you start a venture, your weaknesses will get shown in the business. Like if you're disorganized, the, the business is disorganized. And if you're not um, outgoing, you know, your business will be stagnant. Yes, that's, that's actually one way to view it. Um, the other way to view it is that you yourself are you're open to view for the public. You're open to their interpretation as well. And that only makes you hunker down more into your beliefs because even though people criticize not only who you are or how you do business, they want to see what you actually stand for and being an entrepreneur, like you put yourself out there. You're not just talking, like I'm not just talking to you about what I'm doing. I'm talking to a lot of people about what I'm doing. People all over the world are buying our products and engaging with dope coffee. And not only is that my brand, but those products are a reflection of myself. So when I say exposed, I mean, yeah, if I'm disorganized, then my products are going to come off that way. But also as a person, it, it relates to who you are as a person and how you work through just the trials and tribulations of, of being human. As someone who's watched your, your team's growth and, you know, seeing how far you all come, it's a real pleasure to see you kind of step up and own that. I think you're a great founder. Um, you and Mike leading the charge. You're inspiring people all over the country, all over the world. And I have zero doubts in your ability to manage that exposure, you know? And uh, one of the things me and you talk about frequently too is, you know, for female founders of color out there, you know, it's very important for women such as yourself to kind of step out so they can see something different. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely agree. Um, and I also think that 
I mean, a lot of people say like, oh, now's the time for, you know, women to speak out and step out. But no, really, now is the time we've had the clout of black girl magic. But where are these black women leaders who are now going to speak out about not only their accomplishments, but what they're trying to do with their accomplishments, what they're trying to do other than just, let's just say, play basketball or sell products. Our talents mean something. And us as women, we stand for more than just our talents. We want to see, we want to see justice. We want to see equality. We want to see everyone thrive. And now that we have a voice, it's time for us to start shouting. And women entrepreneurs in particular, Black women entrepreneurs in particular, we're getting a grasp on our voice. Absolutely. And that's super powerful. And I'm excited to hear more about your story as we continue with the show. But first, we got to let everybody know who this show is brought to you by. Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. 25% of transitioning service members want to start a business and they need places inside their community where they can connect with people, resources, and the support they need to start and grow their businesses. Learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. And be sure to also check out Bunker Online, our social network for the military connected community where Bunker Lab staff helps make connections to increase your opportunities. Register today at www.bunkeronline.org. You can't see it, but Michelle is rocking her Bunker Labs t-shirt. Briefly, Michelle, tell everybody how you got connected with Bunker Labs. Honestly, dope coffee. I got, we got connected with Bunker Labs through dope coffee and um, being, being a military spouse, um, coming to Atlanta, coming into RWB, we kind of got welcomed by the veteran community and all of these veteran organizations and Bunker Labs really stepped up and, and said, Hey, you know, we see what you're doing and we like it and we want to help you grow. And you all were a member of the last cohort for the veterans and residents. Correct. Correct. Yeah, a lot of a lot of military veterans and family members out there, they're not familiar with a lot of them don't know that Bunker Labs exist. You know, and I know for Mike, when you all started the company, one of the things that, you know, I was able to help facilitate was, you know, connecting with the military community, specifically through Bunker Labs. And like you mentioned previously, is just, you know, your office is at RWB, uh, Team Red, White and Blue down in Atlanta because the, the veteran network is just so strong and people just love helping each yeah. other. And so it's just been great to see you leverage that platform and see so many veteran organizations and individuals rally around and support the brand. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I think you hit on something right there. Um, knowing that things exist, um, being a military spouse, you find out that there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there when you're in the military, they, they send you information. They, um, they make sure that you know what's coming up, but as a veteran, sometimes you kind of get lost in the sauce and you don't really know everything that's available for you out there, especially as an entrepreneur. So, um, I mean, with the VIR, with, with bunker labs, um, we're loving what they're doing. 
and we're trying to get their name out there as well. You're doing it. I mean, as long as dope, uh, rising tide lifts all boats, as we like to say, and uh, dope <laughs> coffee is rising. So let's segue that into your military spouse uh, story. I want to hear a little bit more about that for our audience. Let them know about, you know, how that came to be and how you met Mike. All right. Well, I mean, I actually met my, my husband um, at Wake Forest. We were we were teammates. Uh, we ran track together and we were both Greek. So we had a lot in common. But um, once we got married and, you know, graduated college and everything, we were trying to finish up our master's. And I kind of think of us as I mean, we were just regular people. We were trying to we were trying to achieve and going into the military, going into the military exposed us to a culture that we were unfamiliar with. And that's when I really became what's considered a military spouse, because there's, those are two separate roles. You have your own identity, but then when you go into the military as a military spouse, that's a whole separate identity that you have to, that you have to take on. And I want to say that before being a military spouse and even during the time that I was a military spouse, I had to remember that like I was myself wholeheartedly. I was myself the entire time. And that's one thing that can get lost in that's one thing that can get lost when you're trying to raise a family, you're trying to finish up your master's degree. You're still trying to be what would be considered a regular person um, with a life that they just want to keep growing. So when it comes to taking on that role of being a military spouse, it's an identity that you can get lost in if you don't hunker down and really see, you know, who you are at heart. And it might seem like I'm rambling a little bit, but the lives of being uh, the lives of these identities are intertwined and they're, they build you up. But in some ways, if you don't take hold of who you are, then that role that you play as a military spouse can take over the identity of who you are. No, that makes complete sense. And I always wondered, even when we were at Quantico, you know, I was, uh, I mean, I was just straight out the Naval Academy and the fact that like me and Mike were at TBS in the field and doing all the hustle, you know, of being a, going through the basic school where you're just, you're in the classroom so much, you're in the field so much. I'm like, people have wives and families at home. What are they doing during this time? How are they keeping themselves active, especially in a place like Stafford, Virginia? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, you, you play a role. You really do. It's, it's a sacrifice. And it's, it's one that Mike and I, we talked about even before he went into the military, it was a choice for both of us. And I remember him saying, Hey, if I do this, it's going to put your career on hold for a short time because he knew the type of mother that I wanted to be to our children. And he knew the type of person that I was and how, I had hopes and I had dreams that I wanted to achieve. So going into the military, it did it put my career on hold. Um, but like I said, it's a sacrifice and being supporting my husband 
in that way. I was proud to do it because I was also supporting my country as well. I was allowing for my husband to serve our country in addition to provide for his family as I helped build the family aspect of everything. Now, take it to where Mike gets out of the military. That was a whole different transition because as you grow as a military spouse and you learn the ways of being a military spouse, the world is different when your husband's a veteran. The woman is no longer really considered a military spouse to the world. They see the veteran. So that identity is, it's kind of shoved away. And then you're left with your own personal identity where, like I said before, if you weren't cultivating that as you were playing the role of a military spouse, then I think that's where a lot of women get stuck and they look at their lives and they wonder like, hey, all that work that I did, where did it go? Where's my support? And for all of these veteran um, businesses and communities that are out there, all the support that they have right now, getting the word out, letting people know that they exist, not only for veterans, but also for their spouses. I think that's going to help honestly bridge that gap for more women to do more because the, what we learn, what we learn being a military spouse, um, we learn a lot. You learn a lot about how the military works. You learn a lot about, um, you learn a lot about what you can be really. You just don't have the time to do it. So if we take that knowledge and all of that opportunity and we know that we're able to still take it, even though our husband is not in the military, we're still able to take that identity and use it. I think that's going to help us give light to our voice. Like I was talking about before, like people will hear what we have to say, what we've been through and our opinion going forward. You touched on something really important, which is this, this identity and how people struggle with it, both military spouses and veterans, particularly when they transition. Now, thankfully though, you and Mike started to cultivate your entrepreneurial spirit before he, was it before he left active duty or right after? Cause specifically I'm talking about a uh, solar cafe. Right. Yes. It was before, um, it was, it was probably about a year before um, we were sitting on the couch in, in Sneedsbury and he pulled up a picture of a kiosk and he said, hey, we've been talking about it for a couple months. I'm going to hit buy. What do you think? And I looked at him and I said, let's do it. And from then on, I, we were exposed. We were exposed because we were now venturing into a world that was not the military as adults. We were venturing into the world that where we were not going to be military and growing solar cafe was the first time where I could see a life outside of the military where I could see who I wanted to be as a person. And when I talk about being exposed in this aspect, since we were new entrepreneurs, it exposed the fact that we were new, that we didn't know everything. Um, so that learning curve of, you know, figuring out business, figuring out how to be an entrepreneur, a black entrepreneur, 
that was difficult because where we were, the resources that we had or lack thereof, we literally had to learn everything in order to build anything. For our audience out there who's unfamiliar with Solar Cafe, can you give them a quick overview? Yes, yes. So Solar Cafe um, was a double drive through coffee shop and um, we built it from the ground up, kiosk, extensions. Um, we even had a second coffee shop that we opened up a year later and it was, it was a five-star five star rating the entire time that we were there. Um, we got taken out by Hurricane Florence, um, which I mean, it's, it's a beach town. So everybody has, it has to take their precautions, but it was really, it was really the heart of Sneeds Ferry. It was, it was the beloved coffee shop. We, we were the community and we immersed ourselves in the community. How much did it take to get that started? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it might've been about 50 K. Wow. And the reason I ask that is because so many entrepreneurs out there don't even know where to begin, you know, and that coffee <laughs> shop, right? Like I'm telling y'all that coffee shop, it was a hustle and it's important oh, for people uh, to know because they see your success now, even with your recent crowdfund campaign, but people have no idea unless they've been following your story that you kind of already did this hustle at one point yes. through Solar Cafe, just at a smaller scale. Yes. Yes. Um, honestly, just take a coffee shop. And if somebody said, Hey, this, this coffee shop is, is yours. Actually, no, let, let's even take a step, step uh, back from there. Let's just say you're looking at a coffee shop and somebody says, Hey, do you want that? You have to say yes. Once you say yes, then they say, okay, well, it's yours, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it or how to run it or what to do with it. You have to give this place life and keep it running. But not only do you have to do that, you have to do that with three kids. You have to do that with a wife that has a full-time job in addition to uh, a 40 hour week um, internship to be a dietitian and your husband's in the military. So what that really means is that he's not there and you take care of the kids. So with, with all of that, go into the coffee shop, learn the POS system, choose a POS system, then learn it, create your products, then teach people how to do it, build out everything, learn all the codes and regulations, the laws of this particular area. And then we're not, we didn't even hit on marketing or anything other than getting your business open. We did that. Mike and I did that alone. We learned everything. We worked every single part in that coffee shop and we owned it. So when people talk about, when I talk about being exposed, we were, we were new, but we had to take on all of that responsibility all at once, knowing that the money that we got, which I do not recommend people going to the bank to take loans. Um, that was our first mistake. We, we were like, Oh my gosh, we we're eligible for a business loan. That, that was our greatest feat at that point. We were like, Oh my gosh. But 
when it comes to being a new entrepreneur and, and knowing that, Hey, that's, you have to take on all of that. What we want to do with dope coffee is we want to, we want to give people that knowledge. We don't want every single entrepreneur to have to go look at something that they want and know that if you want to do this, then you're going to have to give blood, blood, sweat, and tears before you can even make a dollar. We want to arm people with the knowledge so that their time doesn't have to be wasted trying to learn what nobody's telling them, what nobody's going to give you a handout for or help you with. We're here as Dope Coffee to to build further on that. We want to create a, we want to create an environment where people feel comfortable coming into being an entrepreneur. They feel excited because that drive of being an entrepreneur, when we opened Solar Cafe, we were so excited. We waited. I don't even think we slept that night. We were up before dawn waiting in the coffee shop. Like who's going to be our first customer? Who, who is it going to be? And that, that happiness and drive that we felt um, kind of pushed back those months where we didn't get sleep because we were learning everything. And that's the feeling that we want to give those entrepreneurs. We want them to keep that feeling because if you can keep that drive, then yeah, you might, you know, start one business, but guess what? That's going to lead to another one because you're going to find your voice and you're going to be confident in your voice. And that means being confident in your abilities as an entrepreneur. Before we complete uh, the transition from solar to dope coffee, I want to ask you from a mental perspective, particularly as like a military spouse, how was it realizing you were going to base your family's livelihood on selling coffee, particularly out of initially a small little kiosk in Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina? Okay, well, okay, I was nervous. I was also nervous because not only were we selling coffee, but we were selling my products. This was, it wasn't just like, oh, mommy and daddy have a business. Like, yeah. And they're selling their products. You have to understand, like as a dietitian, my children, I deal with food every day and I cook every day. So I'm used to being criticized by my family about, you know, the foods that they eat or how it's prepared. But this is, this was different. This was the instant criticism of the entire community and anybody else that would like to come and venture during the summertime because it's a tourist town and knowing that our livelihood depended upon the business that we had. I'll tell you the truth, Mike, it didn't even hit me until, until we were about to leave. And that was what a couple years after solar cafe um, had been established. I still, even though I was an entrepreneur, I, I saw myself as a dietitian. I couldn't, transfer my knowledge of skill in like completely over to being an entrepreneur. And that's because my voice wasn't all the way there. Like I said, when you're a military spouse, you learn to become, I don't like the word dependent. Okay. I don't, but you, you kind of learn to become dependent on your, on 
in, in my case, my husband, because he was in the military. That was, it was the most important thing like to our family at that point, because it had, it had brought us into a position where we were able to at least start to thrive as a family and to leave that behind was a little scary because I didn't know where I was going to go after that. I knew I wanted to be a clinical dietitian, but I knew that my life didn't end at that. I was always an achiever always. And not knowing where my life was going to go, especially since we decided to move um, down to Atlanta, it was kind of like, okay, we can keep Solar Cafe running, but that can't be it because we want it more for our lives and more for our family. And, and honestly, when Dope Coffee was birthed, that right there was the biggest eye opener of, of anything in my life because it wasn't about just trying to make money. It was about trying to make a difference. And that's what I think gives people drive. That's what gives people confidence. Like when you are, when you know what you want and what you stand for, like I said, being an entrepreneur exposes you. When you know what you want and what you stand for, you're able to see the light of the future a little bit clearer and have hope and belief that what you're doing is the right thing. So then, honestly, we had way less when we started Dope Coffee than when we started Solar Cafe. And when I say way less, I mean like zero. So <laughs> bootstrapped. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but I will tell you that I was more confident in my second business venture than I was in my first, even with less. If you don't mind me asking, what prompted the move to Atlanta from Sneeds Ferry? we, Mike and I make goals for our family and we were a black family in a majority white community. Um, the opportunity for black culture did not present itself where we lived. And it's not, I mean, we, like I said, we submerged ourselves in the community. We were coaches, we were volunteers, we were in our community. But in order for us to thrive in our beliefs and thrive in what we really knew what was right, we knew that that wasn't the place for us. And when we were looking of, you know, where to go, we had a couple of places on the map, but I remember one day I called Mike out of the blue and I was like, we need to move to Atlanta because that's where we will be able to thrive in our culture. And I kind of give that as being my first act as like having a voice. That was the first thing that I did where I was like, no, for my family, even though I like like my friends and, 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 and honestly, and things like that. And they have friends and they're in school. I know that what's best for my family is the future and the future is owning our culture and giving our culture a voice so that our kids can thrive past being that first, you know, generation entrepreneur or 
hey, you get to have a coffee shop. It's like, no, you're you're more, way more than that. We opened a coffee shop because that's that was the extent of what we knew how to do. Dope Coffee allowed our kids to see that if you are strong in your belief, in addition to having that business and entrepreneur knowledge, that you're able to take a, you're able to take and develop what your purpose in life is, at least at that stage, not just, Hey, I need to build a company or build a business so I can make money, build a company so that your company can thrive. And then you can take care of those things that you really care about, like black culture. It's been amazing. It's been amazing to see the growth from that. Um, and I just remember when you guys were first starting Dope Coffee, you didn't even know what it was called yet. But I just remember Mike called me and was like, hey, I'm working on something. I want you to be a part of it. I was like, man, I just quit my job. <laughs> like, I've been, I'm, I got my own problems. I remember that. Yeah, girlfriend, that. girlfriend broke up with me, man. I'm going through it. But when I saw the logo for Dope Coffee, I was like, yeah. Mike, I'm in. I want yeah. you to tell our audience the transition. Like, how do you take this? solar cafe and turn into what's now this global e-commerce brand known as dope coffee. It took a lot of thinking and it took a lot of thinking because what we wanted to do, we, we didn't have an example. We knew that we knew that black culture was not being represented, represented in a way where for the future of our children, they would be proud of who they are. And, you know, in the media, you can see, you can kind of see two sides of things, you know, people trying to do, you know, black culture one way. And then you have other people trying to portray what they think black culture is just to sell business. But for us, we saw, we kind of saw the bigger picture. We saw what people were missing and with dope coffee, With dope coffee, ask your question again, Mike. My my mind. How did we take Solar Cafe and turn it into dope coffee? Mm. Solar Cafe was representative of a business that we started. It wasn't representative of who we were as people. Dope coffee, what we, who we are as people, is represented by dope coffee and the leap from brick and mortar to e-commerce was a genius play, honestly, by our CEO, Mike Lloyd. Um, But he came in and he said, you know, Hey, we're going to call it dope coffee. And it's not going to be like any other business. I don't want to do the coffee shop scene. I don't want to do that. I want to be futuristic. I want to, I want to prepare for what is coming. And I want to be a part of how, the future develops. That's what dope coffee is because even if you look at dope coffee right now and you say, okay, we're an e-commerce brand. Um, a lot of people can't get past the fact that we sell coffee. Well, dope coffee is built from coffee, but it's also built off of hip hop and culture. And that's how the brand kind of transcended from Solar Cafe to Dope Coffee. It was more so 
honestly, it was our first, it's us, it's us as people, as a brand. We were fully exposed with dope coffee. All of our beliefs, all of our concerns about our culture and who we are as people, they all came out. And we received so much support from the community. And we knew that we would because we knew that people were out there just like us that maybe didn't have the business acumen or weren't in the right position or didn't see themselves yet as entrepreneurs. They couldn't see their way out, but we wanted to give them a platform. And I use that word a lot. Mike used to clown me on it in the past, but we, I say we built Dope Coffee as a platform so that our culture can have a voice and a voice that is sound in sound in beliefs and sound in who we are, not just for right now, but for the future. Listen, I use it. You know what I mean? I'm a part of that group, right? It's, it's the ultimate expression. That's the nice thing about a brand because just what I want to explain to our audience is, you know, when you got the brick and mortar shop, you chose to not really brand Solar Cafe, right? Like it was like a thing, you know, right. you come there, you get your coffee, but we weren't right. talking about like politics and culture and saying, hey, if you want to support black culture, if you want to support our values, you know, sip dope coffee, you know, right. putting it's yourself- pretty ambiguous. Yeah, it's, it's ambiguous. Not really just kind of like you said, exposing yourself and putting yourself out there and saying, hey, you want to challenge me on my beliefs? You know, come on to the show or invite Mike on to talk. Right. That's the evolution. And it's been amazing to kind of watch you all grow and even see you kind of come to this space where you're able to even speak out and uh, speak about the brand and how important it is for African-Americans to be represented through coffee mm -hmm. and in, in coffee culture in, in general. Now, one thing you talked about, too, was you started y'all started dope coffee with less than what you started Solar Cafe with. Right. You didn't you weren't able to access you weren't able to access loans from the bank. You got taken out by a hurricane with, uh, in, uh, in North Carolina. So how did you all bootstrap dope coffee? Oof. We honestly, we believed in it. We, we believed in it and we put ourselves in a position by coming to Atlanta and accessing the networks that were trying to help entrepreneurs at this time, especially they call them minority entrepreneurs, but honestly, we ran our first crowdfund with solar cafe, which ethically failed. Um, but it was I, looking back on it. Now I use it as a learning experience because we learned a lot from solar cafe. It was our baby. And even though it started off as a business, it was almost like anything that you could ever really learn about business, the do's and the don'ts and the should nots. We learned it with solar cafe and we kind of worked all of our bugs out. And even though we went to a different, a platform being e-commerce, a lot of that business acumen still stands and the knowledge of like how to run a business successfully still stands. So starting off dope coffee, we, 
we thought first. Um, Mike uses the saying, I can't, I can't remember it exactly, but it's basically like, Hey, 90% thinking 10% doing. And that's what we did with dope coffee. We, we went head first in and we were like, no, we're going to figure this out and then we're going to broadcast it. And when we started figuring this out more and more and more, we caught more and more people's attention. And then we got better and better at selling our product. And then we got better and better at broadcasting it. It also landed us in a business accelerator um, for the guild. And a lot of this backend work, while we were doing all the thinking, our CEO was literally out there networking with every single person. Every single person heard of Dope Coffee before we even had the logo. It's like, what is it? Dope Coffee. It's Dope Coffee. What's that? What's that? What's that? And after we ended up you know, coming out of that accelerator, one of the resources that we came out with was Crowdfund Main Street. And we took a leap of faith on that, dug in, did a whole lot more paperwork and thinking, and ended up having a very, very successful e-commerce platform in addition to a very successful uh, crowdfund. So when you talk about like the birth of Dope Coffee, just think of like sweat equity. That's what went in first. Like it was just sole sweat equity because I did not see not one paycheck like at all. And even after I quit my job, um, we were right in the thick of dope coffee of like really getting it launched and going into farmers markets and pop-ups, something that you would think that, you know, you're trying to run your, run your family off of this. Like you're trying to provide for your family off of an idea, essentially, not even a, a business that is selling coffee where people, you know, drive through and get it every day. You're trying to, you know, provide for your family off of an idea. Starting dope coffee that way with all that sweat equity and all of that thinking, it put us in a position to where, you know, a year later, our platform's been up for a year now. And I'm looking at the position that I'm in and all of that thinking paid off because I'm able to articulate these thoughts and all of my learned experiences to the current and future black entrepreneurs that are going to be coming up. And like I said, dope coffee is a platform. So we started off with sweat equity, but we are fully doing exactly what we wanted to do with dope coffee. We are a bomb e-commerce platform in addition to being a company that serves as a platform for new and aspiring entrepreneurs. As someone on the inside getting to be there, um, we did pull the ultimate. It's amazing seeing all the work we put in at the very beginning, even with the content mm-hmm. stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. getting the, we did a show, Lift As We Climb, just kind of get the word yes. out, then pivot that into the podcast, Confessions of a Native Son. I was up with Mike saying, when's the site going up? When's the site going up? Pressing him, <laughs> you know, um, and to see it all now, you know, people see the success, but it's like, yo, we built the foundation, you know, literally yes. orchestrated the foundation a year ago. Now, sometimes when you cut the faucet on, doesn't necessarily mean the water is going to rush through right away. It's kind of like a slow drip. You know, y'all were getting that one or two sales. <laughs> I remember we were like, yo, man, are the sales coming in? 
But now, I mean, you guys came off a, a hell of a month. I mean, you're not going to brag about it, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, 40K plus in revenue, you know, in a, in a single month. And that for founders of color, particularly out there, veterans as well, that's very, very impressive for a bootstrapped e-commerce brand, you know, that just leveraged human capital and that business acumen. I mean, we're pulling knowledge from all over. But I do remember mm -hmm. Mike's distinctively saying, he was getting everybody on the call and was like, hey, this is it right here. We're using, this is the team we're putting on the field right here, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, to be a part of that journey and watch it, watch you all's growth um, is just super humbling. And uh, so where are we at now with Dope Coffee? Why don't you sp uh, speed our audience up? I know you mentioned the crowdfund. We just knocked out the crowdfund. Yeah. Uh, set out to raise 107, hit the target. Um, mm -hmm. Now where we, what's, what's next? So now, I honestly, now we get to do. So in our crowdfund, we, we stated like, hey, we're, we're raising these funds so that we can continue to build dope coffee and not just, you know, buy more inventory, but we are raising these funds to properly function as a business and build out a lot of the divisions of dope coffee. So where dope coffee is going right now is, we are, we're expanding our, we're expanding our facility. Um, we are looking to really start diving into a micro fulfillment facility um, here soon where people can at least come and sample um, our products and, you know, buy whatever we have there as we ship off. But it's also, it's also an opportunity for people to remove the veil of what it is to be an e-commerce brand because a lot of people don't know what it's like behind the scenes of, I guess you would consider dope coffee still a startup because we haven't really flexed yet. But if you remove the veil, when people see how a company is working, they see the work that was put into it. They see the operations. It's inspiring. And it shows, it shows people, it demystifies entrepreneurship. It's like, yes, I do call myself an entrepreneur because I am. And there's a lot more to that word than just, you know, starting a business. But there is sweat equity that goes into your business. There's love, there's drive. And when people can see that, it honestly, it gives them an appreciation for entrepreneurs for people that do venture out and go to start their own business and try to give back to the community in some way. So for dope coffee, in addition to like the micro fulfillment facility, um, building out our team, which, which we are currently doing, um, and expanding our divisions, you all will definitely see more of hip hop coming from dope coffee in our voice division. So be on the lookout for that. Um, our platforms for creatives, Dope Coffee is building out those platforms and taking in, even currently taking in those interns to help develop their skills and give them real life experience so that they can say that they have it. They can, they can gain that knowledge and just further their skills more. So that's what Dope Coffee is doing right now. We are, we haven't stopped. We haven't slowed down. Um, we're just building and having a successful crowdfund allowed us to do so. So 
many, many thanks to everyone that's supported and invested in Dope Coffee Company. I want to touch on something one more time that you mentioned, which is the entrepreneur. When yes. did you start to feel it? When did you feel that sense and feel confident saying like, I'm an entrepreneur? When I quit my job. And that was, I mean, that was even six or seven months after Dope Coffee started. But it was, it was after I quit my job because when you don't have somewhere to go, all that schooling you went to and, and business that you had to learn, you know, with, with the job that I had, when you don't, when you no longer have that and you're looking at your family, like, Hey, you know, the bills have to still get paid and we still want to live. We don't just want to pay bills, you know, cause that's not living. It really hit me like, no, just like I was an athlete in a, in a sport where you had to perform yourself. I started to look at life that way. I looked at life as, as a track meet and my race was about to come up. And when that gun fired, it's time to go. And there's no holding back. There's no hesitating. You have to know who you are and what you're there for. So from there forward, I said, no, I am the chief product officer and co-founder of Dope Coffee Company. And we're about to create this idea into what I call a global business. So that was, that was my starting point. That was my, my voice woke up and said, Hey, Shell, it's time to get up and it's time to participate and win. And man, we're here today. I remember when you, I remember when you quit your job and that's, I was like, Oh man, they're <laughs> in it now, boy. Woo, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't bother you. I didn't bother you that week. I was like, let them no. get adjusted. And I remember Mike saying, she's, she's never been more focused. You were getting after it. And, you know, when yeah. you, cause I think that's the aspiration for so many entrepreneurs out there. They just want to, they get tired of not entrepreneurs. Let me rephrase this. Aspiring. I'm going to say aspiring entrepreneurs. People want to work on their ventures full time. Mm -hmm. They want to, that's the dream, right? Now they don't mm -hmm. know that we don't get paid a lot. <laughs> we just, you know, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we eat what we kill and we're working yeah. to create wealth for ourselves and our family in the future through business. And a lot of people want to be able to do that. And so, you know, your story is inspiration in that because it comes with a lot of risk and uncertainty, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to bet on self. And I remember when you made that move, I was like, man, this is, this is it, you know? Yeah. And uh, like all of us in our little group, a rising tide lifts all boats and look at how far we've all come since that, that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Belief you have to believe in yourself and it's scary. It's scary to walk away from what you're used to or what feels comfortable to you at the moment. But one of the questions that I would pose to any 
rising entrepreneur is how comfortable are you really though in your current situation? Because even when I were to think about it, having, being a clinical dietitian, I love nutrition. I love dietetics. I love treating my patients. It made me feel useful and like I was giving back and helping my community, which I was wholeheartedly. But I also have to remember that in addition to being a clinical dietitian, I am a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a sister and a daughter. And I want to have relationships with all of my family. I want to be there as they grow. I want to steer them in a direction where they can thrive. And being a clinical dietitian didn't allow me to do anything other than be a clinical dietitian. So don't be afraid to use your skills for yourself because being confident and believing in yourself that's more than half the battle. That's, that's like 90% of the battle, really believing in what you, what your capabilities are, because that's the biggest step that people are not willing to take. And they're not willing to, to let go of what would seem like control over their life until you actually do step away and you look and see how much time you have to really work on yourself and on your dreams. So for that military spouse, that veteran out there that's looking to take the leap, they're they're on the fence, you know, they're that third shift entrepreneur, they're working two, three jobs, but they're they're ready to start moving forward on their venture and just put it to the universe. What words of encouragement would you say to them? Do it. Set a goal and do it. Anything that any goal that you've set you set for yourself, whether it's, you know, running a marathon or getting healthier, those are all personal goals. What about a goal for your life? Don't think about your life ending at having a job and then trying to live. Think about what you want to do. Don't ever forget those goals. Um, a colleague of mine gave me a cup that said, Never quit your daydream. I still have that mug and I look at it often because my daydream was dope coffee. I didn't know it at the time, but it was. And when I jumped with two feet head first in to my dream, I realized that I didn't have to stop daydreaming. I could live my daydream every single day. And I'm willing to work for it. So for anybody who's on the fence, take that leap. Be smart about it. There's a lot of resources out there. It's a lot of podcasts. There's no coffee. Use your resources. Make a plan. Make a goal. And then jump. Do it. Thank you for those words of wisdom, Michelle. And for our audience out there, where can they get a hold of you at? Yeah, you can. You can find us at www.realdope.coffee. Or if you are on Instagram, you can find us at Real Dope Coffee. Um, you can also, honestly, if you have any questions about entrepreneurship or 
or even products. I love talking about products. You can reach me at Michelle at realdope.coffee. Thanks so much for spending this time with us, Michelle. You're just such an inspirational leader and uh, our audience is truly uh, privileged to, to have this time with you and to get some real insight. For our listeners out there, be sure to subscribe to The Transition on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. Be sure to also leave us a review. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest to you, sign up for the local newsletter, and attend a Bunker Brews, our premier networking event, and meet your city leaders. We're currently running them online due to the uh, pandemic. From there, be sure to get connected at BunkerOnline.org, where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that'll take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEO. Whatever your entrepreneurial needs are, we're here to support you. Thanks again for sharing your time with us and enjoy the rest of your day.